Gather round. It's time to pick the draft order. So, this is how we're going to do it. I spent a lot of time, put a lot of effort into it, got very excited. So, that'll go over there. This Everyone is your... on the count of three, put your hand in, pull out a piece of paper. Here we go. One, two, three. Oh, oh, wow. There it this is. This is really exciting. Number oh, four. Number six. Number one. Number one. <laughs> Tim Brady, mother Congratulations. <laughs> but that is not where you're going to be drafting. See the kids over there? The kid with your number is your kid. Where they finish in the race is where you draft. Huh, bitches? You, you didn't even pick your own child. That's good because she's not that fast. Welcome to DFT, Dynasty Football Talk Podcast with my guys, Paul Edgington and Derek Cook. Let's get it. Welcome in to another episode of DFT. This particular episode will be Debbie Football Talk. I'm your host, Paul Edgington, here with my co-host, Derek Cook. Derek, how are you doing on this lovely evening? Doing pretty good, man. Uh, throat's feeling a little sore, so I'm hitting here, sitting here chewing on some of these honey sooth halls. Doing pretty good, um, but if I'm a little quiet, throat's not feeling too good. But other than that, doing pretty good. I'm getting a little tired. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Those honey soothe cough drops would get you right, though. They, they definitely be seem to doing the trick for me personally. I was super parched and felt like I had to scream to talk not but like five minutes ago, and I'm I'm feeling pretty good. It's coming out easier. There you go. You got a little bit more juice left. Right. I'm gonna be chewing on them all all episode. Well, this, like I said, this episode will be some Debbie football talk. This is a additional episode we'll be doing each week, along with our NFL episode. So this will definitely be a lot shorter than our normal episodes. But again, just some Debbie talk. Some of the players we saw this past week that we just felt the need to expand on a little bit and talk it out. But the first person up, Anthony Richardson. We touted this guy a couple weeks ago off of a mock draft we saw projected number two to the Falcons and damn it we were all aboard that a rich trade it seems like since that first game against Utah he's just digressed each and every week he just has not looked as good as that first game no I think you said it best last week he's definitely a prospect um week one I mean I was head over head over heels for the guy you know he seemed like he was making all the right moves could make every throw making great decisions and over the last two weeks i completely retracted that statement um don't get me wrong he's still a good quarterback he's got a lot of the tools that you're looking at fits the mold of like what you want as a fantasy guy mobile quarterback with a hell of an arm but he's 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 definitely got some progression to do and he's definitely a, a prospect he's young but he's nowhere near what you or i thought he was after week one I guess to piggyback on your definitely, he most definitely is a prospect in every sense of the word. I do feel a little bit better about previously stating that if I was in the Falcons front office, I would rather just see what Desmond Ritter has and use that pick on something else. feel much more comfortable with that statement now than I was a couple weeks ago. Yeah, even against, they played USF this past weekend. I mean, stat line, 10 of 18, 112 yards, and two picks. No passing touchdowns, seven attempts for 24 yards on the ground. I mean, USF is decent, but they're not, I don't consider them on Florida's level. 
I mean, they're definitely not a Power 5 school. Those are numbers that I would expect them to put up against the likes of, like, Georgia and Alabama. He, exactly. USF is not that. He, he, he struggled. And he does not, on film, he just he doesn't look good either. No. It's not that he's not putting up numbers and not performing well. He's not playing well. He doesn't look good right now. He's not reading his progressions. He's not making the right decisions. Um, same as you, like... After week one, I was like, man, maybe this kid could be the second overall pick. But now it's like, fuck no. <laughs> this guy is not even close, which no disrespect. You know, he could mature and, and get better and that, you know, how we were saying, a prospect and, and stuff. He, he could he could show up the rest of the year and look great, but he's not. He's not right now. Um, and kind of the numbers speak for himself. He, he had a terrible game against subpar competition. Yeah, I, again, against USF, I would have expected to see a monster stat line from him. 300-plus uh, touchdowns, three or four touchdowns, and probably rushing. T- I mean, five touchdowns is what probably I was expecting. Yeah, the run, the passing was definitely, of course, disappointing and not what you would expect. But rushing as well, seven for 24, no touchdowns. you think he would be running all over the place against a subpar defense, getting into the end zone. Breaking off a couple runs, I mean, that's just just one case, man. He's I, just not looking like that mocked right second now, overall. Right, right now he's seeming like he's extremely high highs and extraordinarily low lows. Where on back to back weeks he was out, not really outshined. He just looked like the worst herd last week compared to Levis, and then this week he looked even worse. I mean, I think you know they barely won against USF. They won by three. And by really no help of him, did they win the game? You know, a, a, a guy of that caliber and being, you know, where you and I kind of have him in our Debbie rankings, you know, that that shouldn't even have been a ball game, you know. I mean, the, the trio of running backs definitely carried them. They had three running backs with a touchdown. They definitely did all the work. Definitely do much receivers didn't do much. But how can you when your quarterback's not getting you the ball in the spots where you need it? You know, it's hard for your wide receivers to do any work when your quarterback in a game is only throwing the ball 18 times anyways. And I know from my 23 class rankings, he is not the QB1, not the QB2, not even QB3 anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, At best, he'll end up my QB4 after I refresh my rankings this week. He might even be my QB5. He He is drastically falling down my board. Yeah, unfortunately. I still like him, but he's got work to do. He's really going to be a prospect pick at this point unless we see something drastically improve out of him. Absolutely. On to some, another SEC player, Brock Bowers. Now, he looked absolutely, absolutely dominant against South Carolina this past week. My personal Debbie tight end, number one, even above Michael Mayer. I've been seeing a lot of hate about Michael Mayer recently, but I'm sure we'll touch on that a little bit later. But, again, dominant. Only five receptions, but puts up 121 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, a little bit speechless of that. Five catches for 100-plus uh, and two a, tutties for, for a, a tight end. A tight end? I mean, it, absolutely. I mean, he's kind of just doing the exact same shit that he did last year, you know. I think I said it... Um, in the fir- very first episode, he was he finished second in receiving touchdowns overall in the SEC last year, 
behind only Jamison Williams. So he was the tight end that led the SEC in touchdowns. And he's fucking doing it again. I think he's got three or four on the year already, and we're three games in. He looks great. Definitely my Debbie tight end one. I love him. He checks every single box when it comes to receiver. He's got moves or to a tight end. He's got moves like a receiver. He runs with the ball in his hands like a receiver. I absolutely love Brock Bowers. If Brock Bowers was in this 23 class, I'd be taking him in the top 10 as an NFL team. I would take him over Michael Mayer as an NFL prospect, even in this upcoming class. But another SEC player, Zach Evans, running back for Ole Miss. He had another dominant game. He's looked very good all season long in my eyes. I've been hearing rumblings previously of maybe people getting off of Zach Evans due to some red flags, character concerns, maybe some attitude issues. But as of right now, I think his feel, his play on the field is outshining whatever perceived issues that he may have. I know I have him in one Debbie league. I've been pursuing him really hard in another Debbie league over the past month or so, but have been unable to acquire him. But this past week against Georgia Tech, he did put up 134 rush yards, two tutties on only 18 attempts. So another monster stat line for him against, yes, a subpar ACC defense. But he is doing the damn thing, hitting the holes, making guys miss, and doing the most with the opportunity that he has under Lane Giffen. Yeah, kind of a, a new guy that we haven't talked about yet, you know, this year. Um, I mean, kind of the, the stat line speaks for itself. I mean, like you say, against subpar competition. So I really want to see if he continues on what he's been doing against some of the uh, the bigger SEC defenses. Um, but it, it's hard to complain this early on, you know, 18 for 134 and, and two tutties. That's pretty fucking good. Regardless of who your competition is, it's a lot better than what Anthony Richardson can say. Especially an offense like Old Miss that's under Lane Kiffin mostly been pass heavy. Right, right. So, and then just another name on the Old Miss in the running back room. Uh, freshman, 5'11", 210, 215-ish, Quinshawn Junkins. I believe is how you pronounce it, but knowing me, I probably messed that up, and I do apologize. But again, he is a freshman running back. He has put up some pretty good stats so far this season. Uh, This past game, 19 attempts, so one more than Zach Evans, but only 98 rush yards, and he did match Evans with two touchdowns. He's also been popping out on film to me. Freshman, thickly built, definitely has the body, so I can see him. Just a name to keep in your front pocket, not your back pocket. I wouldn't put him there. Definitely keep him in the front. That's going to be a name to keep an eye on over the next one to two seasons and hell even this season if him and Evans are splitting the workload like they have been he's been putting up stats close to Evans as well over five yards of carry scored two touchdowns as well I would keep him front and center on your radar absolutely there Derek some good info with the yards per carry on to LSU versus Mississippi State Malik Nabbers put up Six for 76, no touchdowns, unfortunately. But he did look like he's getting back on track to what I was expecting to see from him this season. Uh, Kayshawn Boutte had seven targets, only three receptions. Sorry, three receptions at 31 yards. He's still not looking much better than what he did the first game or the second game. 
he's just, just personally, very good. Personally, I think Boutte is just checked out. I don't think – I mean, we talked about it week one or before – in the past. I, I don't think he wants to be there. I think he's checked out. I, I think he's done. Uh, Nabbers looked great. He's looking like the next the next wide receiver one for LSU. I can I can agree with you about Boutte. He just doesn't doesn't look like his heart's in LSU anymore. I don't think him and Jane Daniels have a really good connection so far. As we talked about in the past, doesn't seem like he's getting along with the coaching staff very well. And he wanted to leave. I think he's I think he's checked out. The NCAA just needs to do everyone a favor and for the game, for the fans, Debbie, everything. Open up transfer portal. Let Boutte get in and out. Let the man move on. I would not blame him if he just says, "Fuck it, I'm not playing this more, playing anymore this season. Just gonna drop, train for the NFL. It might even help his stock at that point because I'm seeing some rumblings, Twitter talk, of course, that people are starting to drop him down their rankings." thinking maybe he's not the guy anymore and that he doesn't have the talent that we thought he did. I think he's got all the talent in the world. I think it's it's a mixture of everything we just talked about, uh, being checked out, not wanting to be there, not having the connection with Jaden Daniels. It's it's just, it's just everything. The talent's fucking there. You can't deny the talent. We've seen it. He produced. He's produced before. The, I don't get why you would drop him. I think it would be beneficial for him to cut this season off Cut it, you know. Just cut your losses. Train for the combine. Go out there, appease all the analytic guys, and show that you can run and fucking your hand size and all that bullshit and jump. And then you know, go make some money. I agree with you there. I mean, especially risking injury at this point for a team you're not really want to be on. It's two and like. one and struggling already, and you're in the SEC. There's no point in risking. Yeah, and I don't blame the kid whatsoever. This isn't the same LSU that he committed to and came into. There's no more Coach O. Yeah, Coach Kelly, completely different culture going on. New quarterback. It's just not what he signed up for. It doesn't seem like it's really gelling with him too much. Too many new faces. Yeah, unfortunately, you hate to see a talent of his caliber just basically go to waste in his last, probably his last year of college football. But, and again, another SEC pair out of Arkansas. K.J. Jefferson and Raheem Rocket Sanders, both of them once again showed out, especially K.J. Jefferson. Most people look at him as a possibly a light version of Cam Newton that's not very good throwing the ball, but he did put up 385 passing yards and two touchdowns. Did have one pick, but hey, who doesn't throw picks anymore? But Raheem Rocket Sanders had 22 carries for 167 and a tutty. Averaging 7.6 a carry with a long of 43. Sanders has looked extremely, extremely good this season. He is really shooting up boards, getting lots of buzz in the community. He's just coming out of nowhere for some people, but as a freshman last year, he did still look good. I mean, he's got the body. 6'2", almost 230. He's a thick boy. Quick as a motherfucker. Strong. He's got moves to him, has some wiggle to his game. Now, he is only a sophomore, so he is in the 2024 class. So he'll be there with Travion Henderson and another player we're going to talk about next, Will Shipley from Clemson. Of course, Travion is the clear cut number one in this class. 
But I can see Raheem Sanders being number two. And by the time it comes to NFL time, or sorry, NFL draft time for these guys, I don't think the gap between him and Henderson is going to be as huge as it is now. The thing about Sanders is he's got the body type you want for today's NFL running backs. He can take the fucking hits, but he's got wiggle, got speed, kind of reiterating the same thing you you were saying. Um, but he's, he's, he's just kind of got the full package of everything. I love the kid. He's got like 65 carries and almost 500 yards this year. Three tutties rushing, but he's putting up numbers. I really like him. He also has very good hands. This past week, he only had two receptions, but 75 yards and a touchdown. He took a 73-yarder to the house. He clearly has that game-breaking ability. Any point in time, can break off a long one, take it to the house, and put up fancy points in a hurry. Uh, back to K.J. Jefferson a little bit. He's rising up my personal board. I like what I'm seeing from this kid week in and week out. I don't think he's a first-round prospect as of right now, but I would not be surprised to see him as a day two pick, maybe getting a shot one to two years down the line. He is a prospect quarterback, but he is also built nicely, 6'3", 240, mobile quarterback as well, has a very strong arm. I can, Like I said, I can see him being a day two pick, being drafted as the hopeful heir apparent to a current quarterback and to be trained and worked by these NFL coaches and refined his game at the next level. Yeah, I don't see him as like a top Debbie aspect right now. Um, the, I think the Cam Newton light aspect or comparison is, is kind of fair. 6'3", 240, that's a big motherfucker. And, you know, strong arm, big bodied. Again, he's a quarterback that can take hits. Uh, there's nothing not to like about him. He's going to be a little bit of a project because he's already a junior. Um you know, let's just see how he keeps progressing. He's looking good again. He's making the throws you expect him to make. Um, he's exciting to watch, and they seem like they're, you know, cooking with some hot oil down there. you got to remember, he was the man throwing Traylon Burks the ball last year, getting him his shine, so it's got to count for something, right? Yeah, maybe it's his time to shine, baby. Uh, it looks like it. He's playing very well and definitely putting the Debbie community on notice. For sure. Again, as I mentioned a couple minutes ago, Will Shipley from Clemson. I feel like this was really his breakout game so far this season to finally put him on the map once again and get him back on the tracks and get rolling for the rest of the season, helping his Clemson team to rack up more W's on the way to another ACC title. This past week against Louisiana Tech, he only had 12 carries, but went for 139 and two touchdowns. For an average of 11.6 yards a carry. His longest was only 32 yards. So his, like I said, his average yard per carry of 11.6. He got you those chunk plays. Moving the sticks like you want to see. He did have two catches for 14 yards in the receiving game. He's been touted as the next quote-unquote Christian McCaffrey. So receiving wise, hopefully we'll see a little bit more of that in the coming weeks. But with two targets in college, can't complain too much. Again, he got it down on the ground in chunk plays that you love to see. Not deking dunks or getting three, four yards here. He was hitting the holes where he needed. Getting north and south, not east and west. I know you're a big Will Shipley guy. 
you must be really happy to see his performance last week and finally breaking out this year. Yeah, honestly, I was pretty excited to see what he did this past week. Granted, you know, not against the toughest of competition, but you'll have that in the ACC. Uh, 12 carries for 136, like you said, but the only 36 was long, or 30 something was as long. So, like you said, them chunk plays, he just consecutively was getting chunks, 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 north and south, not east and west. I mean, you touched on all the fucking about everything you talk about him. I loved what he did this game. CMC light, I see it. There's not much more to be said about Will Shipley. On to another guy we've talked about in the past, Troy Franklin. Didn't have the biggest stat line. He had three catches for 84 yards with a long of 50 yards. So like we talked about before, I dubbed him possibly the next Jameson Williams type of player. Big play guy. Quick as a cricket. He got downfield, got a 50-yarder. So he had two remaining catches for 34 yards. Still not too terrible. You know, an average of 17 yards a catch. So again, getting downfield, getting past the sticks, making big plays happen for Oregon. Bo Nix got him the ball finally. Bo Nix did look too shabby. They did play BYU, another ranked opponent. Jaron Hall for BYU looked decent. He didn't look terrible, didn't look good. Couldn't help his team get the W this week, unfortunately. But I did enjoy see Troy Franklin getting downfield and reeling in some catches. Yeah, being that uh, you know like difference maker for the deep ball, um, it kind of surprising because I was kind of knocking Bo Nix at the beginning of the year, but he's looked pretty good the last two games after getting their socks blown off him by Georgia. Uh, again, Troy Franklin, three for 80-plus. I mean, it's over 25 yards to catch. Yeah, pretty fucking good. Well, that'll do for Troy Franklin. Uh, Nick Singleton will be the last player this week. He absolutely killed it against Auburn in SEC defense. Only 10 carries, but put up 124 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. Another huge week for Singleton. I know I played some prize picks for the first time this past weekend, being in Texas and eligible to play. I took smash the over on him. I believe they had it 49 and a half rush yards, which seemed obscenely low even for playing an SEC defense. But once again, didn't have to work in the depth. He made some big plays. Got a really good stiff arm. I swear, every time he stiff arms, gets to the boundaries, I think he's going to the house every time. I mean, my comp for him is Saquon Barkley, man. I absolutely love this kid. Uh, 10 for 124. It's over 12 yards to carry. That's fucking great. And to be honest, I thought this game was going to be a lot closer than what it was. 41 to 12, whatever it was. I mean, it was an absolute snooze fest. Penn State rocked the shit out of Auburn. Yeah, I had Penn State coming out on top, but same as you. I thought it would be a hell of a lot closer. I thought we'd see a lot more to Tank Bigsby as well. I know he had about 39 yards on the ground, so nothing of note, unfortunately for him. Just a down game. Still very high on him, and he seems to be rising once again, getting some more hype around him. This game won't help, but I think he'll be able to do it against the tough SEC schedule that he's going to face. Now looking ahead to this week and what we're really looking forward to, of course, you being a Buckeye fan, I'm sure you're most looking forward to Wisconsin coming here, right? Into the shoe for a night game? Uh, Correct. I Um, didn't see they're wearing all black uniforms. Did you see that? Yeah, I I love when Ohio State mixes up their uniforms. It's a a beautiful thing. Yeah, they picked a pretty good game to wear it. I, I mean, I'm... Ohio State fan, obviously, but um, I'm excited to see what Braylon Allen does against 
It seems to be a pretty stout run defense, honestly. Yeah, that'll. I think that'll be the matchup to watch. I think it'll be who can control that line of scrimmage more. Oh, absolutely. I um, think whichever team or running back is more successful, I think will wind up on the winning side. Of course, you guys have C.J. Stroud and the 72 top five recruit wide receivers that you guys always roll out every week. Thank you, Was- Brian Hartline. Wisconsin, not so much, but I think this will be a typical old-school Big Ten, down-and-dirty, line-of-scrimmage, front-seven type of game is going to win you. And Wisconsin, year in and year out, has fucking trees for offensive linemen. It's it's going to be a dogfight in the trenches. Yeah, but they're very experienced, so Graham Mertz, the starting quarterback, has been around for what seems like forever. Yeah, it feels like seven years. So he's been in these tough environments, especially. I believe he's been in the horseshoe before as well. Mm-hmm. So he's no stranger to these tough games that needs to be won. By any means necessary, no matter how ugly it is, which is Wisconsin's MO. They really don't give a damn. They win ugly games all the time. Mm-hmm. Another Big Ten game, my Michigan Wolverines playing Maryland. Most excited for this game just to see J.J. McCarthy starting once again. Happily about that. But for him to finally see a Big Ten defense, I still think he's going to perform very well. I don't expect his stat line to be as polished or near perfect like it has been the last two weeks. But I'm still expecting monstrous numbers from him. And a big W, Michigan for the first time ever, first three games will win 50-plus points in every game. I can see that happening again this week against Maryland. Yeah, I mean... You know, it's 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 pretty easy to have pretty good numbers when you're playing the likes of Hawaii and UConn. No fault to JJ. I love JJ. And that says a lot because I'm a Ohio State fan. But it will be nice to see him actually go up against, a you know, a caliber up of a defense. Not saying Maryland's defense is necessarily good, but it's a Big Ten defense nonetheless. And obviously Michigan has a target on their back because they're the defending Big Ten champs last year. Maryland might make it, a, you know, might make something crazy. They also have Talia. It's hard to say. And they also have Rakeem Jarrett that a lot of people are down on. I'm not as down as the consensus, but I'm not as high as I used to be. So it'll be nice to see him out there and Dante Demas. And on to the next game, a big rivalry. Florida, Tennessee. Of course, want to see some more from Anthony Richardson. Hopefully, hopefully see some more of that high upside that he brings to the table. And then Tennessee side, I'm seeing Hidden Hooker actually being mocked in the first round of NFL drafts in a few different places. So I'm looking forward to seeing him, as well as the big wide receiver, Cedric Tillman out of Tennessee, who just looks phenomenal this past week. He didn't put up great stats or look the best, but it wasn't a blowout win. But the previous weeks, he's put up very good numbers, and he has looked great. I'm just excited to see some SEC, you know, head-to-head combat, you know, just seeing what Anthony Richardson can do against a, arguably probably the best defense he's played all year, and then vice versa. Yeah, and then going out to the West Coast, Oregon at Washington State. Of course, we're big believers and fans of Cam Ward. I think that Washington State being at home, I think they'll upset them. I think Cam Ward will put everyone on notice. Have a good game, better than what he did at Wisconsin, even though they did come away with a W. I think he'll play a pretty damn good game, put the nation on notice that he has arrived in Division One, and that he can play at this level. Uh, Cameron Ward is rising. I think that this is going to be uh, basically a game between the two quarterbacks, Bo Nix against Cameron Ward. 
Um, I think Cameron Ward walks away. He, I way better quarterback than Bo Nix. Um, and the going and going into Wisconsin and coming out with that victory at uh, Camp Randall, I think that's just a, a build momentum game. And um, you know, like you said, it's at home. I don't. I don't think. I don't think it's a, a ten point game. I, I think Wazoo wins it pretty convincingly. Absolutely, I'm with you there, buddy. Hopefully, we'll see another Troy for Troy Franklin big play. See was, him involved in the game some. We'll have to let you do some victory laps on Troy Franklin. Oh, I can't wait. I got the shoes on. I'm ready to run, buddy. But that looks like that'll do it for the games. Oh, sorry. One last game. Arkansas, Texas A&M. See the duo of KJ and Raheem Sanders against a pretty good Texas A&M defense. And to see Devin A-Chain on the other side, which I know most people are saying that his draft stock is going to depend on his measurables. If he measures in favorably for an NFL size, but he does have the speed to play at the NFL level, so it'll be interesting to see. Once again, like you said, two SEC teams go head to head with a handful of Debbie assets on the field. Yeah, I mean, there's there's not much to add to to what you just said. I think it's going to be a an excellent test because that Texas A&M defense is is super tough. And true. Pac-12 after dark fashion. We're going to talk about USC at 10.30 Eastern time. What? So, man, I was super impressed with Addison. Jordan Addison. Look, I mean, uh, end of the game, he didn't have crazy stats, but I think first two drives, I mean, he just, he, to me, he just lit it up. And Caleb Williams uh, made multiple throws that, you know, just made my jaw hit the ground. Uh, I'm an Addison believer now. Do you have him over Boutte? No, no. I think Boutte no. and JSN are still one, one A, one B, but Addison, he's he's up there. Well, live rankings update. I just moved Addison to my wide receiver two, Boutte down to my wide receiver three, and unfortunately, as a Michigan fan, JSN to my wide receiver one. That's nice to hear you say that, JS. I, we we also need to wait to maybe leave that out there for JSN because I mean it was nice having him back, but. You know, if Addison was, keeps playing the way he's playing, Boutte and JSN playing the way they're playing or missing time, Addison could very quickly become the wide receiver one in this class. In my eyes, I also believe as well as in the NFL's eyes, because the best ability is availability. Speaking in regards to JSN and his unfortunate injuries, and as well as Boutte, because mentally it just seems like you said earlier he's just not his head's not in the game right now for LSU. Jordan Addison is locked in, looking for to be a two-time Belinikoff Award winner, hopefully to be the Heisman Trophy finalist. Him and Caleb Williams just they're in lockstep, they're locked in. Right now, I'd say they're probably the best quarterback wide receiver combo in the nation, and definitely my favorite to watch. The USC is just so fun. I hope to God we get them in the playoffs. They could beat anybody in the nation, I feel like. I know they don't play defense, really, at all. Lincoln Riley did bring that over from the Big 12 with them, unfortunately. But with their offense and the firepower they have, I think they can outscore anyone in the nation. I mean, it's it's highly possible. And having Caleb Williams and Jordan Addison, I mean, it, it's, it's they're fucking fun to watch. Uh, Lincoln Riley is known for always having that high-powered offense. And having those two guys, super high-devy prospects, I mean... I think they're putting up like 60 points a game. It's 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 Ridiculous. unreal. 
they're fun to watch. And and I'm a I didn't know where I stood with Jordan Addison before, but I know where I stand in him now. I fucking believe in him. Uh, to me, he's he's kind of built similar to Devontae Smith, but dude, to me, he's uh, three times as athletic. And I love Devontae Smith. I've got him in several leagues. I take Jordan Addison over him every day of the week now. I agree with you there. I, I love Devontae as well, but same body type or similar body type. Addison's just way more athletic. I like his hands better. I like his route running better at this point. And I think he's got a little bit more weight than Devontae Smith, which that doesn't matter too much. But just look at him, his frame. He fills out a little bit more than Smith. But I'm with you there. I'd rather have Addison at this point, which is crazy because Devontae was, what, a top 10 pick or 11th? He was up he, there. Yeah, he was right around there. He was in that range. And then Addison, I don't think he'll climb that high in NFL draft boards this year. I don't believe so. Not Unfortunately, with the draft classes coming out, I don't think so either. But whoever gets him, if they get him outside of like the top 12, 13, they're getting a fucking steal. Um, I know I kind of said that Jordan Addison, like size-wise, I didn't I, I didn't really like it. But looking back at it, I mean, he's the same size as Devontae Smith. And like you said, he's, he's probably got 10, 15 pounds on him. It does everything Devontae Smith does and maybe better. Um, I, I like him a lot. He's very fast and quick. I don't think that's talked about enough as part of his game is just how fast he is overall. I didn't realize he was – I thought that he was – I thought he was billed a little bit smaller, but he's, he's six foot. I mean, he's he's a little bigger than I was giving him credit for, so that, that's that's my mistake because I thought he was like 5'10". But you know, he's – I saw him out there on the field with some guys that are also listed like six foot, six foot two, and he's, he's about the same height. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So he's—that's my fault for not being thorough. But uh, he's—I think he's the fucking real deal. And like you said, Belichick winner last year, well on the way to win it again this year, and being able to do it with two entirely different quarterbacks and two entirely different systems. I mean, it, it tells yeah. me the guy can learn and can play. And doing it in two different systems like that, I mean, he could play any fucking position and be successful. Yeah, it's, that's impressive and something that's definitely not talked about enough. Switching systems, going cross-country, new culture, new team, new everything. Even though he did upgrade with the teammate, teammates overall, school and quarterback, it's still very tough to pick up a new offense like that and just come in, roll in, and Put up the stats especially, that he a Link, is. especially a Lincoln Riley offense. It's a very complicated offense. And I saw, I don't remember when, but it was a little while back that his transition to USC. He said it was harder than he anticipated. Well, the play on the field surely doesn't show it. So he must have got settled in quickly after his comments, and he's off and rolling. And I don't think right now anyone's going to catch him the, for the Blitnikoff win, winner. And hopefully, you know, wide receivers in terms of Heisman probably get the least amount of respect. Hopefully he'll be at the ceremony this year. Unfortunately, recency bias with Devontae Smith just winning it a few years ago, I don't think that happens again. Not to mention you have guys like Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud who are having phenomenal – Caleb Williams even having phenomenal seasons. But Addison, uh, Jordan Addison in his own right should be a Heisman finalist, and he's he's a dog. And that'll do it for this week's episode of Debbie Football Talk. I'm your host, Paul Edgington. Signing off with my co-host, Derek Cook. You can find us on Twitter at DFT Podcast, at G-U-M-P 7285, and at D underscore K-O-C-H 93. We'll see you guys again next week. Have fun watching a few of these amazing matchups of college football teams and Debbie Assets. See ya!